<laughs> Awful start. Stop. You're making just, me laugh. You've got to sound natural. Okay. Hi, and welcome to the first rule of film club. I'm Hannah. Oh, I'm Eddie. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and we invite you to watch a film along with us and then join us for a little chat about it. This week we've watched Onward and also just to let you know, there will be spoilers in this episode, so turn off now if you haven't seen it. You did a really good job of not laughing through that whole thing. <laughs> you could tell that you definitely wanted to. You were literally right on the edge. I'm for just a trying whole to keep sentence. it sort of, you know, light hearted. Keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of Onward? Well, first of all, should we talk about this whole cinema experience of being in lockdown and having the cinema to ourselves? Yeah, mm. let's start with that. That was quite nice. I was quite sad, like, there weren't really any adverts. I don't know if that's because, like, all the studios have, like, pulled their adverts because there's not going to be any like, people there because, like, we were, like, one of two groups in the cinema. It was sad, um, the so lack of adverts. But it was quite speedy, wasn't it? Mm. In, out, no luck about. It yeah. got quite quickly to the bit where it's like, oh, it's the trailers, everyone loves the trailers. It felt like... <laughs> <laughs> and then there was no trailers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It felt like we were going into a war zone. Like when, when you get to the bit where like they're ripping the tickets, they're like three guys with like those face masks, those kind of like curved like plastic mm. face masks people have when they're like carrying like cash up like a, a bank whatever. Yeah. So it was a, a little bit kind of intimidating. There's something nice and impersonal about all outings now. Mm. You know, no one's coming near you, no one's getting in your personal space. Mm. And, and uh, you know, we had the wrong booking out and, you know, they couldn't come and, like, correct it or anything. We just mm. had to wait for our mum to slowly scroll, <laughs> well, to so <laughs> scroll to the right email and then click on the right email and then they could scan the correct barcode kind yeah. of thing. It's great. They also had like a sign up about um, not using the pick and mix, and it had yeah, a picture I mean, of like the Ghostbuster no with like a thing through it, yeah. eating some popcorn or something. But I thought it was like a coronavirus, not a Ghostbuster. <laughs> oh man, I totally missed that. But, okay, on to the film. Right. Okay, yeah. So, what did you guys think of Onward? Initial impressions. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> End of the podcast. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought like I think I was a bit worried because I feel like the past few Disney Pixar films I haven't been a huge fan of like. They've made a lot of sequels in the past few years. They made The Good Dinosaur, which I've never watched. It's um, okay. I, I just... Uh, I don't know. I didn't even know it had come out until, like, you know, five years ago. Mm. Like, someone said, oh, yeah, The Good Dinosaur's been out five years. you mean, years like, ago. yesterday when we mentioned it? Well, yeah, exactly. I didn't even know, like, well, you know, does anyone know that that's out? But, mm. um, but onward, I was a bit nervous. I felt like they'd kind of lost their touch a little bit, but this one kind of brought me back to, like, Monsters, Inc. It brought me back to the days of mm. Toy Story, The Incredibles. Like, you know, just such, like, a new, fresh idea. It has felt lately like they're falling a little bit into this, like little mediocrity slump mm. and sometimes it's just like I think they're a victim of their own success in the early days because they put out so many fantastic titles that made you think and were so different that now uh, anything they do it's almost impossible to be different from what they've already done mm. Mm. so you have to get more and more creative each time like they've done like you know toys coming to life they've done monsters scaring people and using scream as power they've done like you know the thoughts inside your head and core memories like where do you go from there I don't know how yeah. you, you have to keep up in the ante by being more creative each time yeah. well, also the premise of this film that there's an elf and then his father has died and so they bring back some sort of lost magic to bring him back but then only manage to bring back his legs <laughs> like I'm not going to lie joke when you told me that. yeah when I first heard that premise I was kind of like mm, yeah I might skip this one or like watch it when it's on Netflix for free mm. like if lockdown hadn't happened I definitely wouldn't have gone to see mm. it in the cinema mm. 
No, it was good though. It was something uh, really fresh, and it only like it had that charm of only being possible in animation. Mm. You know, because the idea of bringing someone's legs back isolated sounds like a bit of a horror movie. Maybe a bit creepy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of bits where they have to kind of lead the legs along. They've got to kind of put their hand on like the bum and like push it along. And there's a couple of bits where yeah. like, well, this is almost a bit weird, but like you know, it never quite crossed the line where I thought this was getting. Well, the most idea of the, time of the dad feeling them with his toe. Yeah, kind of started creeping me out. Yeah, yeah. I think on paper that is a bit weird. Like your dad's legs. Coming to, like, hopping towards you and kind of There's rubbing against world. your leg. But, whole uh, world of fetish out yeah. there. <laughs> I guess that's why they had like the top half that they put on him. Make it a bit more. Kind of made like, him feel yeah. a bit more like a person a rather than scary, just. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got some great comedy out of that. You know, <laughs> the whole like just slumping of like yeah. this sack of a person <laughs> kind of thing. Just leaning out the car window. I love the world as well, like how magic used to exist and then not everyone could do it. It was really hard yeah. to master, so they just created electricity. Like you can so imagine that happening. Mm. We were saying, was it? We were saying when we came out that um, the world didn't immediately strike me as something that I was interested in. Mm. Mm. The first ten minutes or so, I was kind of, you know, not on board with the whole idea. I don't know if they introduced it in a bit of a weird way for me, like. It just felt a little bit too stereotypical, mm. and uh, I wasn't on board. But then, uh, as soon as they snapped to like the modern day, like creative side of, of like a mythical kingdom, mm. uh, then I was ki- it actually kind of felt a bit more Monsters Inc. Then, mm. and I love yeah. Monsters Inc. So I was instantly on board with that stuff. You can have a lot of fun with like character designs and this kind of thing, and they definitely did. Like the trolls being all like kind of like big and kind of a bit sort of you know. Yeah, and that was like suburbia, but then the houses were kind of shaped like mushrooms still. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, they got a lot of little the jabs little in little, t- little touches. Like I'm sure I, I didn't even see half of like the little things they have in the background as well. Yeah. Like sometimes there's like a couple of gags. Like there's a restaurant called the Shire, and it said they were serving second breakfast, which is like a Lord of the Rings reference, which I quite like. But there's there's nice. so much stuff that you like you kind of see in the background that they like mm. put in, uh, which I like. So you can definitely kind of get a couple of rewatches out of that. Definitely, that it's alone. Pixar's level of detail. Mm. Yeah, they're great at that world building stuff. Mm. But I agree with you. Like I think the first 10, 15 minutes, I, th- I thought were a little bit slow. Like because they kind of had to create the world, which is obviously you know not easy. Then you got to set up the two brothers. And you don't really like Chris Pratt's brother to begin with. I found him a little bit annoying. We talked about the weird snake dog that we were kind of like, oh, this is going to be a main character. Mm. This is going to be a bit of a oh yeah, that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> I too. Hate that kind of like the snake dog character. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like that, the, the the kind of weird. Yeah. creature that comes along and doesn't really do anything as part of the story is kind of a bit of comic relief like I don't I'm not a huge fan of those kind of characters yeah well it's just like the physical comedy thing in animation yeah. I think it's too easy mm. now because yeah. animators are so good yeah. that like just having a little like dog that doesn't speak and just like contorts itself in a weird shape and makes mm. you laugh kind of thing is yeah mm. but maybe we'd feel differently if we'd taken kids to see it yeah you know, yeah. maybe that's something for the kids. Thank yeah. God I didn't take kids to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you made a good point yesterday, Alex, about the, the maybe the snake dog was supposed to be a metaphor for, like, the family mood. You know, like, at the beginning, is quite frenetic, and then halfway mm. through, he's, like, a bit despondent in despair and stuff. And I just blanked out the snake dog. I wasn't <laughs> looking at it. I decided it wasn't there. <laughs> and Should actually, not be in the sequel, to be honest, dog. at the beginning, I was worried because I didn't like any of them. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, like, main kid, I was like, oh, he's not standing up for himself. I thought, brother, he's a real, like... Bit of a layabout. I actually kind of identified with him because he was a bit of a Dungeons and Dragons, like, nerd and everything. Mm. And I... I, I actually quite like nerds. I think they're quite nice people. <laughs> but I like the way as well that even though he was a nerd, he wasn't kind of like... It was almost like Ian was the one who should have been the nerdy one who was into Dungeons and Dragons, like, yeah, stereotypically. Yeah, he looks a bit more dorky. Whereas, like, the Chris Pratt one was kind of like a rocker-type nerd. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I think he had the coolness of embracing it. Because he had that confidence, and I think that was kind of the important thing about his character, because later on you see why he's got that confidence, and you see why you know he's not afraid of anything. And it's, yeah. You know, mm. it's because the point is, magic then does exist. So at that point you're like, why isn't everyone a nerd about this magic stuff? Yeah. Mm. But then it's really key that his brother is a nerd about this stuff so that they can literally just take all of the rules that are meant to exist in this universe and use the Chris Pratt character mm. as like an exposition vehicle for the whole film, mm. which is just genius because like they actually managed to get a lot done in such a short amount of time because they always have a character there and a little book that he's carrying around yeah. that says okay, this, you know, scenario requires your focus. And, you know, if your brother mm. distracts you, then, you know, this is an important part of your dynamic, yeah. you know? I really like the... Because I feel like it could have been really cheesy, like the way the magic works. Like, because each kind of magic spell, you can't just do it and it just happens. That, you know, there's kind of rules. Because firstly, you have to believe. I mean, which, you know, it's been done in, like, every single magical... Mm. <laughs> it's in Harry Potter, it's in Lord of the Rings, isn't it? You, know, yeah. you do a spell, you have to believe, and it doesn't work until you've done that. So to begin with, I was like, oh, you know, I've seen this a million times before. And at the very end he's going to be able to do that spell that he can do at the beginning because now he believes in himself. But I thought the, the fact that, you know, for, to cross the bridge, you have to kind of you know, believe that you can kind of do the magic. I thought that scene was great. Mm. The fact that when you have to conceal yourself, you can't tell a line, you can kind of you know, use that to further the plot. Yeah. Mm. I just thought they really kind of weaved it in really well and it could have almost been a bit cheesy that every step in the journey, well, there's a magic spell and it reveals it something about the It was cheesy though. I thought but it was cheesy. But it was cheesy in a nice way. But it was just... I thought it was great because you know in those bits we like when they're pretending to be the police officer. You know you have a bit of story in, story advancement. You know the fact that you know Ian doesn't really think his brother is you know as much and you know he doesn't really look up to him, or at least mm. he thinks he doesn't. You've got the whole thing where you learn a little bit more about that cop and you kind of you find out that he actually does care about them even though up to that point he's kind of just been a villain. You know you get kind of a bit of wacky kind of you know CGI you know like the young kids and you know their ear and legs are starting to transform back into them. Mm. And I think that kind of that scene was almost kind of. It, it, it represented the whole film with just like really tight script. Yeah. Where every scene just, you know, you had a, it, it was funny, it looked gorgeous, it told you a little bit more about the characters, there was kind of, you know, a bit of danger. Like, I, I just felt like that. It was, wasn't it? It was like, in a word, tight. Yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> like, you just tight, said it, tight, it's tight. like, it's tight. As a film, <laughs> it's just like leather bound. Yeah. And <laughs> the whole thing, it feels safe. And, but at the same time, you leave and you don't. You just see how much you've learned by looking back over the film. And, mm. you know, I think as a kid's film, it, it takes a lot of uh, interesting directions. It talks about death. It talks about uh, not having perfect circumstances in a fairy tale world mm. and working with what you've got. Mm. And uh, I like I feel like I would want e even if like this film became quite dated and it was, you know, I'm 15 years in the future. I would try and convince my kids to watch this film mm. Because it's kind of like, you know, you can laugh at it, but also learn something. And uh, I think it's Pixar at its best kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was quite nice, the message of, like, you kind of have to just do what, like, you can with what you've got. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that this morning as well with the Manticore character. Mm. Even though she wasn't, it's not necessarily as explicit as it is with Ian and Barley. But it was nice that at the end when she remodelled her restaurant mm. and it's like she's still working with what she's got there and she doesn't sort of abandon that dream completely because yeah. she's got the realistic limitations of having people to pay and owning mm. a business and stuff like that. I'm glad that they weren't just like, oh, now she's just flying up in the sky killing and killing loads of people. people yeah. um, it was nice that she kind of stayed grounded in what she'd been doing at the beginning and she hadn't completely issued her responsibilities, but she was kind of making the most of what she's got and rather mm. than kind of 
focusing on that loss and obsessing about that and who she used to be and not mm. being happy with who she was anymore. Mm. Mm. Very stoic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just like you get the feeling that in a script writing room, someone gave like maybe one guy went home over the weekend and wrote this script handed it to someone <laughs> and they started reading it and they were like what the hell are you on like you you mm. like you take too many drugs you mm. need to stop and then you know like they're halfway through and he's like no, no keep reading keep reading like trust me and it's like a real pixar thing that you must have just kept reading mm. and you reach the end of the film and then you're like oh that's how it all ties together like it's mm. not a twist ending but it's not not a twist ending, you know? Mm. Mm. And that's why it catches you off guard with the emotions. Yeah. yeah. It, all kind of, it all makes sense. It all kind of like, it's like click moment, but not intellectually, but kind of emotionally, where like you can, you, you can like, oh God, I've just realised, you know, when he's kind of, you know, he ticks that little box saying, you know, do the driving lesson, mm. and he goes back through the list. And even though I so <laughs> should have seen it coming, I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly like, <laughs> I was just like, just tears were like streaming out. What kind like, of oh kid makes God. lists like that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like initially when he makes that list when he goes to school, you're just like, well, he's obviously not going to do any things on this list. They're all going <laughs> to yeah. fail. Well, they're, they're also they're also kind of like change myself kind of list. Like it's yeah. the kind of list everyone makes once where yeah. they're like, today I am confident. Yeah. I am going to be like, you know, Elon Musk, but 12. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's like the New Year's resolutions <laughs> yeah. type thing where you're like, this year I'm not going to eat any bread and I'm going <laughs> to exercise every day. And yeah. then it's yeah. like day two and you've had a pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I downloaded like an app a couple of months ago, like where it's like you know you, do, you create a to do list and it like looks nice because when you do it you tap in like, oh, like, green yeah. ticket. It's, it's one of those things. I, like, those. I mean, I deleted it like a couple of days ago because I ran out of storage space and I just hadn't used it. And they guilt trip you by popping up little notifications yeah. like you haven't completed any tasks yeah. for <laughs> eighty days. Like, no, I, I know I haven't. I know I'm <laughs> <laughs> Fancy crossing something off your list? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> but it is such a feeling. Like I don't know why. Like. I don't know why, you know, doing something in real life is, is okay, but to actually tick it off a virtual list once you've done it, like, there's nothing quite like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Dude. We've gone off the point a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder if you rewatch it, whether it would have the same, like, anywhere near the same emotional impact now, because you mm. know how where it's going. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a future point. But mm. maybe it'd be nice because you could kind of see how Barley was mentoring him earlier on in the film mm. I think actually what we could do like is like for a lot of these films go back and watch them like six months later and then try and like you know do kind of like a second review and see like you know does it stand up to a second watch or that's a lot of bookkeeping Eddie it's a lot of busy <laughs> well you know maybe we can get a to-do list app to help us out oh <laughs> no I'm not doing that Ian could be our PA mm. yeah. <laughs> but um I don't think it will have the same emotional impact, but I don't think any film does. I can't really think of any films that... But it is definitely worth watching once. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I we can all agree once is, is, a good, is a good mm. time. Like a lot of Pixar films, probably worth watching once every five years. Yeah. I once think every five, yeah. It, it's weird because I don't really want to slag off any films, but like when we went in and saw the adverts, there's an advert for some kind of a, another animated film about some like wrestling monsters and stuff. Mm. And even in that trailer, I'm judging a book by its cover here, but I'm, like even from that, I was like, geez, that is not even on the same level. Like that literally just looks mm. like, you know, mm. they've got some CGI, they've got some monsters, they're going to get them to beat each other up. There'll be some stupid gags for like the parents where it's like, oh, dirty dancing. They reference that old film that I saw when I was young. And there's just there's such a difference between like you know the Pixar films where you know it doesn't really rely on this kind of reference humour. It's, you know, it's just that the bits look the funniest, funny, so the bits shit, clever, didn't it? it I think it's because it looks so formulaic. It's like you know it's not really going to test your brain in any way. Whereas like Onward, 
talks about death. It deals with mm. some really difficult stuff, and I guess that's mm. what sets Pixar apart a lot of the time is that they're not afraid to tackle mm. stuff that shouldn't be conventionally in the kids' film. They're yeah. not just saying, "Oh, what's like the most formulaic successful film we can mm. make to make loads of money." I think Onward's going to result in a lot of parents going to see the film with their kids, kind of thing, mm. and then leaving the cinema in tears and phoning up their siblings yeah. or <laughs> you know their dads or their yeah. mums, kind of thing, and mm. you know kind of pouring their hearts out mm. which is just like you know such a crazy thing for a film to be able to do yeah yeah so yeah i think uh we need like a rating system <laughs> yeah i, I well, definitely watch it on netflix when it came out again <laughs> yeah. for, for now i'm gonna say five out of five and then we can work out an actual kind of you know i would say a wacky I'll, rating yeah system, yeah i'll watch it again when i'm drunk kind yeah yeah i'll watch it again in five years yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. So I guess that concludes our chat on Onward. Um, what is next week's film? Next week's film is. Boom, 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 boom. Kill Bill Part One. Kill Bill Part One. Yeah. Very exciting. Going for an oldie next time. Mm. So mm. make sure you watch Kill Bill Part One when you tune into our episode next Tuesday. Mm. And Only make for sure over eighteen, though, because it is an eighteen film. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. We've gone from a U to an eighteen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're showing range, okay? Split the listeners a little bit. (laughs) And make sure you use our promo code on Squarespace. (laughs) No, Uh, not yet. Maybe by episode five. And if they haven't given us a discount, then. (laughs) Or no, no. How about Beer 52? Forward slash yeah. the first rule. <laughs> or and anyone if it doesn't actually, work, then just anyone McDonald's KFC. <laughs> if anyone wants to send us free stuff, we'll happily sort of you know plug them. I'm, I'm more than happy to send out myself for some free thing. <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks we'll for see listening. You all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.